Gobble, gobble, and welcome to the DC Beer Show, everybody. We are DC Beer across social media. Mike, what are you drinking? I am drinking Manor Hill Brewing Company's My Old Friend 2021, which is an imperial stout aged in McClintock whiskey barrels at 12%. I was going to drink Brooklyn Black Ops, which hit our market, which is a stout aged in four roses, small batch bourbon barrels. But that is actually 12.4 more percent. <laughs> what are you drinking, Jake? I want to say for, it's increasingly problematic um, that these large format breweries are coming across in like these like tall boy pounders, like a four pack yeah. of black ops. That is. Are you saying that 12.4% ABV is too much for 16 ounces? I I am not saying that because you and I both know that there are breweries both near and far um, that are you know pushing fifteen if not twenty in that format. True that. Are you saying you would rather have a twelve ounce imperial stout in a twelve ounce can that's twelve percent ABV than a sixteen ounce can that's twelve percent ABV? You are correct. That is exactly what I'm saying. Um, in a perfect world, um, breweries are going to bring back those seven ounce pony bottles, like what you see with like a seven ounce pony bottle of highlight for Corona. Um, you know, I know Flying Dog used to do this with um, Horn Dog, their barley wine, um, but their their bottling system no longer supports that. Um, and those even predate. You yeah, know, they're called the Nip, the Nip NIP bottles because they go back to. Right, Governor, just a nip of the old barley wine. They go back to jolly old England, merry old England. Um, but enough of my terrible British accent. I thought that was delightful. <laughs> um, what are you drinking on this lovely pod? I am drinking um, something that is imperial-ish. Um, it is Port City's Colossal Nine, Weizenbach. Um, in the sense that a Weizenbach is, in fact, like an imperial weeded high-gravity lager. Um, it is absolutely delightful. Um, again, it is now in tall boys, as seems to be all the rage. But maybe these breweries could uh, take a page from, um, say, Hopewell Brewing out of Chicago and start canning things in like 8-ounce, 10-ounce cans. Um, I did see Hopewell brought that uh, the eight ounce can format to Savor a couple of years ago. That was very very well received. Had like an eight ounce pour of uh, Imperial Stout and Black Ops. I love it. I would absolutely take an eight ounce pour over a twelve ounce pour. I would pay good money. I would cover the packaging cost, the pain in the ass to package an eight ounce cans instead of twelve ounce cans. See, there you go. You and I are about it, listeners. Tell your brewery friends. But hey, speaking of um, Imperial Stouts, uh, this episode airs on Black Friday. And so by then, some of you out in the listener land will have probably purchased um, Goose Island Bourbon County brand stout, which, fine. Um, but you've got local options. What if the listener doesn't want to buy Goose Island Bourbon County brand stout, Jake? What? What should they buy that's local to the D.C. metro region? Right. So if you want a ginormous um, bourbon barrel-aged or other whiskey barrel-aged stout, I would start with D.C. Brow's Wake Up in the Future. Um, it 
packs a similar wallop. I believe it's coming in at 15, 15 and a half. Um, Brow will sell you a four pack with like last two of last year's, two of this year's. Um, again, in tall boys, um, like black ops, uh, do not shotgun it. Or um, if you do dial nine and one and have ready your finger ready to hit the second one. Um, any number of adroit theory and other half stouts, I think would also fit this bill. Um, Beltway is having their own Black Friday release out um, in Sterling. Uh, Black Snake, their Imperial Stout with some variants. Um, the brewery, which does not brew here, but does pay real estate, rent, and taxes here over at Union Market. Always lots of stouty options over at the brewery store. Um, and if you're not really feeling you know, 12 to 15%, Silver Branch has um, barrel-aged Endless Odyssey out, um, which I think is a bit more manageable. Um, you'll probably see that in the high single digits, although I don't know for sure what this year's version of that um, comes out to. Yeah. So what you're saying is if if folks don't want to buy Goose Island's Bourbon County brand stout, or they've tried it, but they want to try the local options, check out DC Brow, check out Adroit Theory, Other Half, Beltway, or go to the brewery store at Union Market. Yeah. Or like, Silver Branch. Yeah. If you want a, a smaller but still big and robust stout. Yeah. And I believe Astrolab may actually have a couple barrel-aged stouts coming out as well. Um, in 750s, uh, the the traditional, um, say, Black Ops format, cork and cage and all that. Nice. Well, speaking of big, big beers, big gets, big names, I believe you spoke with a very big name in the brewing industry. Uh, who do we have on the show today, Jake? Yeah, so there's one more Imperial Stout that uh, might fit the bill. Uh Dogfish Head's Worldwide Stout is uh, aged in Sam Adams' Utopia barrels, which I think is uh, a, an impressive blending of the Dogfish-Sam Adams' productive synergies. Last year, two years ago, that was a brewery-only release, and they've now made enough of it this year that you'll, you'll see it come to market. Um, and also, it allows us to smoothly transition um, to our guests. Uh, we've got Mariah Calgioni who is the co-founder and really like the social media voice of Dogfish Head and um, has a, a nice social position now at Boston Beer, as Dogfish is part of the Boston Beer Company family, as well as the Dogfish Head Innkeeper. That's Dogfish Head has um, an inn, a motel in Lewis, Delaware. Andrew Greeley, who used to head up the Dogfish Tour program at the brewery and transitioned um, into the innkeeper role. They, along with Sam, Mariah's husband, uh, had, three of them have co-written a book celebrating 25, with 25 scratched out, 26 years of off-centered beer. And so let's roll the tape. Welcome, everybody. I'm here with Andrew Greeley and Mariah Calagione. Both from Dogfish, um, which, as we know, is not necessarily DC beer, but given how many of us go across the Bay Bridge and given Dogfish's presence in our market, it is DC beer. Uh, Mariah, Andrew, welcome to the DC Beer Show. Thank you all for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Glad to be here. All right. Yeah. We'll start with, um, we'll talk beer in a bit, but first, a book. 
tell us a little bit about the Dogfish Head book. <laughs> well, we'd love to. Um, thanks again for having us. And um, the book has been sort of a, a project that we've been working on for a number of years. Um, Sam, uh, my husband, had, had written and founder of Dogfish has written a couple books previously and was, you know, chatting with, our, with his publisher and she said, hey, isn't Dogfish's 25th anniversary coming up? Like, you guys should, um, you know, consider telling sort of the, the business uh, story from the view of the, of the people that work there and all that stuff. Because most of his other books had been based on, like, starting the business and or recipes and homebrewing and stuff. And that was around the same time that um, the Beastie Boys book had come out, which was, like, the, probably the most singular book that inspired how this book looks and feels um, with its rich storytelling and photos and, and, and more of a experience um, that you sort of leaf through again and again than a um, traditional like just written word book. And so that's when he pulled in Andrew and I said, let's do this, put our superpowers together and, and create this book. Andrew, I don't know if you have a different remembering of how, how he came to us with this. No, that's uh, that's definitely uh, definitely it. You know, we with uh, with the the publisher coming in, and I remember sort of the three of us talking about it, um, and then Sam coming down to the inn and actually dropping off a copy of the Beastie Boys book, and uh, we always talk about being uh, a brewery with a music problem. So uh, so that that book. The Beastie Boys and one in particular was one that I think we got excited about. But with all the different stories and just all the imagery that we have that never made it into the other books, it's uh, it's kind of a, a cool idea. Um, also makes me think a little bit sort of, of like, uh, you know, Seinfeld with Kramer making his coffee table book. Um, and uh, this is a beer book that's going to turn your coffee table into a beer table, which is really what everyone wants. Yeah, Andrew, I'm glad that you mentioned uh, the, the, the Seinfeld reference there, uh, because to me, the, the book is very much a coffee table book. But to follow up on one of the points that, Mariah, that you made, you could pick up this book and you could read it in a linear start to finish fashion, and it's more or less in chronological order. But you could also simply pick it up and scroll to, say, like page 100 and something, you know, when Dogfish started brewing with, say, Patrick McGovern at University of Pennsylvania, and you get, like, these ancient ale collaborations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely not a book that I would expect most readers to just pick up and read from cover to cover. I will say that we both did that because we needed to <laughs> make sure everything was in there. But when I come back to the book, you know, it's more like, oh, you know, you flip open into a page, and when we see folks particularly on social media that have gotten their copies of the book. It's all like, you can see like these little conversations happening with people like, Oh, did you see this on page blah, blah, blah. Or, Oh, I forgot about that beer. So it's more like, you know, like a, a yearbook too. We've talked about it a lot as a yearbook here at Dogfish. Cause you have a lot of our coworkers walking around the brewery and the restaurants with their copy to get everybody who's else is in the book to sign their pages. So that's been kind of fun. Uh, that right there sounds hilarious and excellent. Um, also a big fan of seeing all the the beers of the past. And sometimes I note that those beers do pop up um, both at Milton 
and in Rehoboth at Brewing and Eats, Chesapeake and Maine and such. Um, I was last there this summer, and all of a sudden, there are tall boy four packs of Shelter Pale Ale. Uh, how do you all decide? Oh, yeah, we know, which is uh, <laughs> perhaps the first dogfish beer that I had. And it was delightful um, to go back in time and drink and drink that beer because I remember when pale ales tasted like that. Um, how's that process? Uh, who, who decides, well, like, let's bring this one back, you know, just for a limited run and have some fun with it. Well, I think it's, it's very brewer driven. And the brewer um, that we have working in Rehoboth is one of our longest term brewers, Brian Selders. So while he wasn't around when we had the original shelter pale ale, he did used to brew that when he started first with us, um, what's a bazillion years ago, but now I'm not going to remember exactly when he started. But um, so he brings back a lot of the legacy beers in Rehoboth. Um, we have Chicory Stout launching this Friday um, on Black Friday. We just had Indian Brown come back. We had April Hop earlier this spring, Shelter Pale Ale. And then in Milton, um, our brewers here get to do the same on the smaller system here in Milton. And just this week, we released Basir, um, or maybe it was two weeks ago, which is one of the ancient ales. So it came back and it's just happens to be a great beer to enjoy at Thanksgiving. So we thought that would be good timing. So, um, oh, we had Festina Pesh here a couple, like a month or two ago. So, um, it, yeah, I mean, we, we try to keep all the on-tap lists up to date um, on our website, but they have a lot of fun bringing back beers that we have brewed in the past and our guests love it too because there's always a beer that everyone's mad that we're not producing anymore and it's never the same beer for everybody. <laughs> For, for us over here at DC Beer, the one we lament the most and the one that I'm bummed that I missed out on probably by a week or two was Indian Brown. Um, Solace um, out in Sterling does make a hoppy brown. Um, and so it's kind of sort of similar, uh, but we, we in DC very much miss Indian Brown. And so um, should you want to do us a solid and flood our market with it, you know, down the line, <laughs> no one would turn it down. We also actually, the other two nights, two or three nights ago when I was at the pub, I not only got to have a fresh Indian brown, but I also got to have it on cask because Brian also does, um, he puts, you know, some, every once in a while he puts different beers in cask for, um, for our guests. I'm hoping we see that chicory stout end up on cask here too. So that'll be pretty good. One thing I love about the beers that do come back at the pub and similar to the book, as you're, as you're leafing through it, it's sort of it stirs up old memories of, uh, of, of sort of, you know, where beer was when dogfish had first started. And, uh, you know, today with there being so many breweries, just, I just think of in this area and in DC that are doing a lot of, a lot of cool, exciting things, looking at this book and kind of going back and seeing some of those beers and then bringing some of those beers back to life. It's, uh, it's sort of a good reminder of, of kind of how far not just dogfish has come, but also just the craft beer industry and, and you know, how that, that creative aspect of what we were doing back in, in you know, 26, 20, 25, 23 years ago um, still exists today and that people are still excited about, about some of those beers. Um, so that's one of the things that I love about it. And also the people who come back and taste those beers, it's funny, you can sort of, it, especially from Ryan and I with people in house watching people 
who are coworkers and they get excited about certain beers and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you can kind of pin when people first came into it based on the beers that they like. And then folks will come, uh, just the, the fans who are coming in and tasting them and they'll tell their stories. And uh, I think that's one of the aspects of the book too, is it's about all the stories and not all of the stories can fit into the book, but when we brew those beers, it sort of sets those stories back on fire um, at the bar, at the pub. So that's a, a fun aspect of it is just the, the stories behind them all. So to the stories that couldn't fit or didn't fit for whatever reason, what was the editing process like for the book in terms of obviously – you know, you've got some of the the more interesting beers, of which Dogfish has many, get a page or two, and there's certainly some stories around those. What are a couple things for each of you that you wish had made that cut? Well, I think we got most of the beers that we commercially produced and distributed um, during that time period. I think that was our goal. I think we might have missed a couple here or there. Um, and gotten them out of order a little bit towards the end. Um, but the, I think, and then... I said, you know, our publisher was like, oh, this is your 25th anniversary. Well, as you know, that happened a year ago. So um, we had that extra year. We kept going, oh, well, let's add this in now. And let's add this in now. So there was um, some more recent stories that we didn't get in. We didn't get to talk a lot in the book about just sort of all the cool, like, travel we've done around the world as part of building, you know, the recipes and, and the, the brand of Dogfish. Um, we did get some pictures in there when a beer came out of that specifically, like a collaboration beer, like my Antonia, um, and, and those kinds of things. But, um, you know, there's always, and, we, and Andrew did the, the Herculean tasks of talking with coworkers and doing interviews and presenting coworkers. So we only had about a dozen coworkers profiled in the book and we've had hundreds over the last 25 years, 26 years now. So I think, you know, there's always a coworker that you're like, oh, I wish we'd been able to get this person in or that person in. Um, but that was probably the hardest thing that we weren't able to be completely comprehensive on. Yeah, I would definitely second second all of those of uh, of coworkers and and uh, that as the process rolled on, it was more of like, oh, we got to put this in, oh, we got to put this in, and uh, and remembering stuff. Um, I think. Uh, we have two events every year. I don't know if you've been to them, Jake, but uh, Analog Go Go and our Weekend of Compelling Ales and Spirits, which we do. Uh, it's a whole weekend event, and Analog is a cool one that's got all these different vendors who come to the brewery. And we have stuff that happens at the pub, up in Milton, at the inn. And then we do the same thing for Weekend of Compelling Ales. And there's so much that happens on those weekends that's just so art-driven and creative. Um I think uh, that's an aspect that that I that didn't necessarily land in the book. I think are some of those those events, and uh, we've done some pretty epic beer dinners over the past uh, twenty six years. Um, some of them have uh, some pretty hilarious stories, especially some New Year's Eve beer dinners that did not end so well, and uh, all of those couldn't make it in the book. But uh, if you read some of the coworker profiles, what I love is that. While those aren't in there as like a chapter, some of them do turn up in uh, in some of the conversations that we have with coworkers. And I guess I'll briefly interrupt to jump in here um, to let our listeners know that Andrew is the innkeeper of the Dogfish Inn in Lewis. And what he's trying to do is to get you to come to the Delaware Shore off season. 
as someone who's been going to Delaware Shore for 40 plus years now, um, I will agree with Andrew. I'm there every August and it's slammed and it's a good time. It is a much different and much more quiet and interesting experience if you are there, say, sometime between October and late April or so. Absolutely. It's a phenomenal time to to, to come down here. Uh, we're pretty lucky just with our location. And, uh, you know, D.C.'s, you guys are right, you know, right over the Bay Bridge from us. Baltimore's right there. Philly's just north of us. But um, we kind of sit in a funny pocket because of the Chesapeake Bay. So our weather stays stays pretty nice. And, uh, you know, people sort of have the, the beach set in their mind as a summer destination. And there's so much to do here in the winter. This winter, uh, last winter, and actually we're going to do it again this winter coming up, we partner with these guys, uh, Delmarva Birding. And we actually made a beer with them called Binocchi Lager and uh, had birdseed in it. And uh, it was a very cool beer. Brian Selders made down at the, that made that down at the pub, and uh, a portion of those proceeds went to the American Birding Association. But uh, that weekend, we go out on this huge ship, and it's sort of you know birding at all levels. And I never thought I'd be sitting around talking about birding, but here I am, right? But we go out on this huge boat and a uh, couple cold beers, and uh, we have our binocular lager and our binoculars. And uh, out on the ice breaks, um, we saw probably over 50 seals out on the rocks and, uh, and just tons of different birds. We saw a bunch of bald eagles. It was just an amazing day. And that was in the middle of January. So uh, there's so much to access in this area in the offseason. Uh, it's, it's been kind of cool pushing it. So if you're doing another book, say like the next 26 years, What's going on now at Dogfish that kind of chronologically starts the next book? Well, we did squeeze in canned cocktails to this book at, you know, at the end. I mean, we've been distilling. We were one of the earlier craft distilleries um, or breweries doing craft distilling. So we started distilling 20 years ago and we've been, you know, playing around with spirits both when we had our distillery just in Rehoboth and then we'll be, added this um, more production level distillery here in Milton. Um, so we've been doing a lot with spirits, um, a lot with foolproof spirits, really interesting stuff, a lot of which we don't even get to distribute widely in DC. Um, it's probably easier to get than maybe up or down the East Coast, um, but most of our spirits aren't distributed. But then about a year or so ago, we started um, dabbling in canned cocktails um, we had done the bottled Sonic Archaeology mixed cocktail um, before that. But the canned cocktails, I think, is, uh, is definitely an interesting, fun, a whole new sandbox to play in with different spirits, with different um, culinary ingredients. So we had originally released three styles there, and now we're just rolling out two more, including um, two crushes, which is a big drink style down here in coastal Delaware, um, which I'm sure you're familiar with, Jake, since you've been spending time at Dewey Beach. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I think looking forward, I'm guessing that there'll be lots of fun stories around canned cocktails. And we had just also opened Dogfish Miami. That made it into the book, right, Andrew? Now I'm blanking. Yeah, there's a, there's a little piece on Dogfish Miami, but... Uh... I think Miami's a spot that I think when I think about what, you know, the future and things like that, um, 
I'm really excited about just the runway down there. It's a really cool space. If uh, if anyone or any of your listeners are ever getting down to South Florida, it is a spot to check out. And uh, there's just this, the location of it's in this cool art district in uh, Wynwood in Miami. And uh, there's just an amazing beer culture down there that, that we're super pumped to be a part of. And uh, we've partnered with uh, the University of Miami um, and some form University of Florida. Sorry. Don't mix those up. Sorry. That's right. <laughs> University of Florida and, uh, working with farmers and, uh, and the sour program, super exciting. And just all the different ingredients that we can access down there. I think it's going to be really exciting for that team down there and for dogfish in general. We've already had like our chefs going back and forth between Miami and Rehoboth and our brewers. So I think just swap, having more, um, sort of, opportunity to swap ideas with um, ingredients and food and fun, I think gets everyone excited and jazz and going to Miami, visit Miami, especially in the winter is not a bad thing to need to do as well. Yeah. It sounds like it could be worse, um, but don't, don't let them talk you into uh, stone crabs. They're nowhere near as good as blue crabs. You know, I had one last time. I was like, okay, yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. On that note, folks, um, Andrew Greeley, Mariah Calgione, uh, the book is the Dogfish Head book, um, put it in your gift guides, give it to your friends, give it to your family. Um, Andrew Mariah, thank you so much for joining us um, over here on the DC Beer Show. It's, your time is much appreciated. Thanks for having us. And we look forward to seeing all your listeners here in coastal Delaware when, the, when it, that strikes their fancy to make the short trip over. We've got a place for you to stay. So, But Jake, thanks a ton for having us. It's been a, been, been a bunch of fun. And thanks for everything you do. Cool. Thank you all. We appreciate it. Cheers. All right. Thank you, Mariah. Thank you, Andrew. Um, go cop that Beastie Boys book, too, that they mentioned. Uh, sounds of science. Quality, quality stuff. Well, Jake, I would never put it past you to recommend quality reads, but I love getting quality reads from our friends at Dogfish Head as well. So I am sure to put those on my Hanukkah Christmas wish list uh, and get reading. Crack that spine. Dig into a nice tasty literary experience yeah i would say like both those books um like two like the coffee table format you could read them start to finish you can just kind of pick them up and do what you'd like all right that's what we've got this week stay tuned for more from us as we report the dc beer scene um as always check us out in the socials if you're instagramming your beer give us a tag we're at dc beer um listen to beer me radio new episodes coming soon Get vaccinated, get your kids vaccinated, eat pie, eat leftovers, drink outside, tip big, um, get well soon, Brandy, and uh, be good to each other. We miss you, Brandy. We'll see you next episode. Everybody tag us on the socials, at DC Beer. As Jake said, get vaxxed, eat pie, drink outside. See you next time. 